Season 1, Episode 7. This is Black History Moments, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of those that have been forgotten in our history books or who just don't get enough recognition. My name is Shakira and I am the host. So for today's episode, did you know that the cells of a Black woman were used for major medical breakthroughs from the polio vaccine, in vitro fertilization, treatments for herpes, leukemia, and more, her cells helped develop the medical system as we know it today. And they also led to two Nobel Peace Prizes in research. Yet her family was never compensated. And in fact, they weren't even told about these medical breakthroughs until years later. This is the story of Henrietta Lacks right after this break. So I know I say this often about a lot of these stories that we've had so far on the podcast, but I'm going to say it again. And this is one of the stories that blew my mind. I know I say it a lot, but this one also blew my mind. Um, And it also made me very emotional when I read the story behind the life of Henrietta Lacks and also her family, her children, her grandchildren, um, what they had to deal with even you know, being that Henrietta has been such a staple in the medical community and not just the medical community, but um, in our journey to the moon, in our journey to space, in cosmetics, she has been in so many industries, yet we don't know her name. She's not a household name. So I wanted to shine light on her story and her family's story to let you all know what happened. Um, This is not a happy story. It's actually a story that left me extremely disappointed and saddened um, to know how she was treated and to know that she made so many strides in the medical community, yet she would never know that. And her family didn't know until years later. So let's just hop into it, shall we? So Henrietta Lacks was born August 1st, 1920 in Roanoke, Virginia. And her name that she was born with was Loretta Pleasant. So Loretta, who later became Henrietta, was born nine out of 10 children. So she was almost the baby, but not quite the baby. And at the age of four, her mother passed and her father, he couldn't, you know, take care of 10 children. Imagine taking care of 10 children on your own. Like I can't even imagine. So at the age of four, after her mom passes, her dad sends her to live with her grandfather in Clover, Virginia. There... Her family still tended to a plantation, the tobacco fields of a plantation. And Henrietta, she just fell into the fold. So she would tend to the tobacco fields just like everyone else. She would wake up before dawn to care for the animals and the garden on the plantation. And after she'd done her duties for the day, she would then make her way to the tobacco fields. Now, keep in mind, this is the 1920s. Okay, this is very early on. So typically in these days, education was not something that many black children received past a certain age, if they received it at all. Um, And it was due to the demands of having to work on the plantations. So it was not a priority for black children to be educated. They just needed to go and work in the fields. So Henrietta was no different in this case. Um, The furthest she made it as far as schooling was a sixth grade education. 
At the age of 14, Henrietta had her first child, who was named Lawrence. He was her oldest child. Um, and later on, her and her husband had five children. But for right now, she had one, and his name was Lawrence. And her and her husband, David Lax, hence Henrietta Lax, um, they married on April 10th, 1941. She was 20 years old. So together, Henrietta and David had five children, Lawrence, Elsie, David Jr., Joseph, and Deborah. Deborah was the baby. Remember the name Deborah. If you don't remember any other child's name, remember Deborah. So Henrietta's husband went north during the Great Migration because the family was struggling to stay afloat while living on the farm slash plantation. He moved to Baltimore, leaving Henrietta with two of the kids because at this time they only had two children together. So he leaves her there on the plantation while he goes to Baltimore, Maryland to make a home. So while she's there, she's still working, still taking care of the kids and everything. And David is up in Baltimore and he's saving enough for a home and also train tickets for Henrietta and the two children to come up north with him. So a little over a year later, David sent for Henrietta and the children to come to Baltimore and so it happened they moved at the time of the move Henrietta was 21 years old by the time she got to Baltimore and her and David lived a regular life they continued to have children up until about 1951 so nine years after her move to Baltimore, Maryland with her two children, by this time, 1951, she had three more children and she had just given birth um, just a few months earlier to the last child, which was named, do y'all remember? Deborah. So she gave birth to the last child named Deborah. And Deborah was born at John Hopkins Hospital. So if you live in the United States, I'm not sure about globally um, or internationally if John Hopkins is a big name hospital. But I know here in the U.S., John Hopkins is a huge name. I mean, almost anyone you can talk to, if you mention John Hopkins, they're going to recognize that name. So Deborah was born at John Hopkins Hospital just a few months earlier. And after... Henrietta gave birth to Deborah. She started having some complications. So Henrietta goes back to John Hopkins Hospital to let them know that she is having some complications. And she told them, quote, I have a knot on my womb. That's what she told the receptionist at the gynecology clinic that she went to at John Hopkins. So a hard mass was found on her cervix after they gave her an examination. And as usual, when these types of things happen, they took a small piece of the tissue, they cut it off, and they sent it to a pathology lab for a diagnosis to figure out what was wrong with her. Now, most times when people have samples taken from their bodies, the cells die immediately. They barely stay, you know, alive past being removed from a person's body. But Henrietta's cells were different. Instead of immediately dying outside of the human body, Henrietta's cells thrived and they doubled in growth every 20 to 24 hours. And this amazed the scientists at John Hopkins Hospital and in the pathology lab that her cells were sent to. Now, Dr. George Gay was the doctor at the time, and he was also the head of this lab that Henrietta Lacks' cells were sent to. And it, I, I have a very hard time 
explaining the situation without getting upset. So while Henrietta was still sick, they found out that she was actually suffering from cancer. Her physician at John Hopkins diagnosed her with cervical cancer. And while Henrietta was in the hospital, there were two cervical samples taken without her knowledge or her consent because they realized that these cells were regenerating themselves over and over again. They were doubling in size over time. And this was amazing to scientists and physicians at John Hopkins. They had never seen it before. However, Henrietta was never told about this during her time at John Hopkins Hospital. So while she was a patient at John Hopkins, the doctor, George Gay, he made a television appearance And while he was on that program, he says, quote, now let me show you a bottle in which we have grown massive quantities of cancer cells. It is quite possible that from such fundamental studies such as these, that we will be able to learn a way by which cancer can be completely wiped out. He says this while Henrietta Lacks is sick in John Hopkins Hospital with no mention of her on TV. And after she passed, there was not even a single obituary for her. After she died, a lab technician was in an autopsy room taking more cells from her body because they were so precious. And on her medical records, a doctor wrote of small tumors covering her organs. And they said, quote, it looked as if the inside of her body was studded with pearls. So they were still taking samples from Henrietta's body after she passed, even after she passed, because Her cells were so precious to the medical community, and they had never seen anything like this before. And Dr. Gay never spoke of Henrietta in any of his journals or to any of his colleagues. He never mentioned her by name. He referred to a woman by the name of Helen Lane, and it made Henrietta be, you know, remain in obscurity. So it was 10 months that Henrietta spent at John Hopkins Hospital before she died from the cancer that she had. Now, never, not once, was her family informed of the discovery that these doctors made with the cells. And the cells were named HeLa cells, capital H, lowercase e, capital L, lowercase a. HeLa cells for her name, her first and last name, Henrietta, and Lacks, so HeLa cells. And they became prolific and widely used in biology. Now, remember I told you that her family was never informed. Deborah was an infant still when her mother died, barely one years old. And never, not once, did Dr. George Gay acknowledge Henrietta's influence and impact in his research. And he died of pancreatic cancer in 1970. After he passed, his colleagues published a medical journal article with Henrietta's name in 1971, 20 years after her death, 20 years after she had passed was when this medical journal was released. And three weeks after that medical journal was released, then President Nixon announced a, quote, war on cancer. But her family didn't find out about HeLa or HeLa cells or what any of it meant until 1973. So one of Henrietta's daughter-in-laws had dinner with a friend. And while she's at this dinner, they're having a conversation. 
and her friend's husband was a cancer researcher. And he, I guess he recognized her last name being Lax, and he immediately thought of Gila cells and Henrietta Lax. So he told her, the daughter-in-law, that he and these other researchers were working with these cells named Henrietta Lacks after this woman and he asked her you know if the name sound familiar and this woman had died of cervical cancer some years ago and she rushed home after the dinner and she is at this time married to Lawrence the oldest son and she tells him part of your mother is alive part of your mother is alive and around the same time they were having issues in the medical community because Henrietta sells they found out could travel, they could float, they could float on dust particles in the air, they could travel on your hands if they had not been washed and contaminate other cultures or samples that had been taken by scientists. So it became this huge issue among scientists because that was something that they hadn't realized before. Now, here's a quote from an article that I was reading. And again, all links will be in the description. And I do that for every podcast episode just in case you want to read more on the stories that we cover here um so here is a quote about how her family found out about Gila cells so 25 years after Henrietta died a scientist discovered that many cell cultures thought to be from other tissue types including breast and prostate cells were in fact Gila cells it turned out that these cells could float on dust particles in the air and travel on unwashed hands and contaminate other cultures. It became an enormous controversy. In the midst of that, one group of scientists tracked down Henrietta's relatives to take some samples with hopes that they could use the family's DNA to make a map of Henrietta's genes so that they could tell which cell cultures were Gila and which weren't, to begin straightening out the contamination problem. So a postdoc called Henrietta's husband one day, but he had a third grade education and didn't know what a cell was. So the way he understood the phone call was, quote, we've got your wife. She's alive in a laboratory. We've been doing research on her for the last 25 years. And now we have to test your kids to see if they have cancer. That's what he understood from the conversation, which wasn't what the researcher was asking or telling him. So the scientists didn't know that the family didn't understand. And from that point on, the family got sucked into this world of research that they didn't quite understand. And the cells took over their lives. Now, some of Henrietta's children weren't really bothered by the use of the HeLa cells, except Deborah. Remember, Deborah was the baby. So she was the one who never knew her mother. She was an infant when she passed. So she always wanted to know who her mother was and wanted to know more things about Henrietta, but the family never talked about her. So when she found out that a part or this part of her mother was still alive 25 plus years later, she was desperate to understand what that meant exactly. So when they said that scientists were using her mother's cells to inject them with viruses and toxins to see how they reacted, was it hurting her mother? She just did not understand the concept of it. So she wanted to know as much as she could about these cells and about her mother. Her brothers, on the other hand, were not so interested until they found out that there was money involved. Henrietta's children and family mostly lived in poverty their entire lives, and this was a tremendous 
finding for them because they didn't even have money to have health insurance. Can you imagine not having the money to have health insurance, basic health insurance to be able to go and see doctors when you get sick, but your mother's sales have launched a billion dollar industry, multi-billion dollar industry. So HeLa cells were the first human biological materials to ever be bought and sold. Can you imagine? One of Henrietta's sons was homeless and living on the streets of Baltimore, right? But here it was, his mother's sales, who the family was never even told about or alerted about. He's homeless. Her children are struggling financially, yet you've used her sales unknowingly to her and her family to launch a multi-billion dollar industry. That's insane to me. That's crazy to me, you know, and I just can't quite wrap my head around it. I can't quite wrap my head around it. So anyway, HeLa cells were used to make treatments for herpes, influenza, leukemia, Parkinson's disease, as well as the polio vaccine, the cancer drug, tamoxifen, chemotherapy, gene mapping, in vitro fertilization. They were flown out into space to see the effect that space will have on the human cells. And however, you know, like here it was, her cells were used for all of these discoveries and more because that is just scratching the surface of what HeLa cells were used for and how amazing of a discovery they were coming from this black woman. Yet Henrietta was buried in an unmarked grave. She didn't even have an obituary. Her family was not even made aware of these medical advances and even to this day there are samples of her cells in labs and biotech companies across the world not just in the U.S. of A globally yet we don't even hear her name we don't even hear Henrietta Lacks's name in these discoveries it's like she was erased but in 2017, not that long ago, John Hopkins University released a statement denying that they profited from the sales. They said, quote, John Hopkins never patented HeLa cells and therefore does not own the rights to the HeLa cell line. They explained that when the cells were taken from Lax in 1951, there was no established protocol for informing patients or getting consent for research of cell or tissue specimens. Today, John Hopkins and other medical research centers maintain strict patient consent processes for tissue and cell donation. That is a quote from John Hopkins. <sighs> Man, I, I feel... I have mixed feelings about it. I have mixed feelings about it because being that, you know, I understand it was in the 50s and, you know, consent was not the same, you know, paperwork was not the same as it is today. I get that. But on the other hand, if this discovery was so huge, which it was, she could have at least been let known, you know, that her cells 
were doing this amazing thing that scientists and doctors had not seen before and that they were going to be holding her cells up on television and her family could have been alerted or informed about this discovery. So I just, I, I don't feel good about, you know, her life and the legacy of her cells because it's still not known. It's still not something that is known by, I guess I'll say this, it's not something that is known by the common person. Because when I was talking about this story with some of my friends who attended medical school or nursing school, they were aware of Henrietta Lacks and her story. But most people, i.e. me, who never studied medicine or anything like that, um, never learned about cells beyond the parts of a cell. Um, we don't know this. We don't know Henrietta Lacks's name, which is why I wanted to share this with you all. Um, later, they did make a statement saying that they were going to have two of Henrietta Lacks's family members sit on a panel that reviews applications for genome data that will control access to HeLa cells. However, that agreement did not include financial compensation for Lacks's descendants. And I was actually speaking to a friend of mine who is from the Baltimore, Maryland area and is uh, familiar with her family. And they told me that her family is still, you know, struggling in a way financially. And it just makes me sad. It just makes me sad that her sales, a piece of her has been used to make all of this money, yet her family is struggling financially. It's just Oh, it's just it's just so sad to me. It is so sad to me. Um, but John Hopkins, they try to honor her legacy. They have a page on her on their website. I think they do an annual program about her where people can come and learn more about Henrietta Lacks and the contributions that her sales have made to the world as we know it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share it with you all just in case you had not heard the story before. And hopefully you can share it with your family members and your friends to bring more light and knowledge to Henrietta Lacks's name and her legacy and what she has contributed to the medical community as all of us know it. It's not like it affects a certain few of us. It's all of us. We've all been affected by HeLa cells and we have all been able to benefit from the contribution that these cells have made to the world. So I will leave it at that. If you want to read more about HeLa cells and Henrietta Lacks' legacy, I will include those links in the description of this podcast episode. I hope that you will share it with a friend, a colleague, um, whoever, whoever you see fit, share it with someone. And don't forget that you too are Black History. And I will see you guys in the next episode of Black History Moments. Bye.